Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, please. Hallelujah. Praise be unto God. Amen. We're going to read verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 3. Of course, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, and he says in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Everybody in here wants to see the power of God produce exceeding abundantly and above all you can ask for or think. Would that be true? Let me see. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Praise God. But I want you to notice here that there is a, there is a limiting factor here on it. It says that God is able. We know the problem is not God's ability. It says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask to think, but it is according to the power that worketh in us. Now, the word worketh is extremely important here, praise God. Uh, I'm right now pastoring a church in Athens, Greece right now, praise the Lord, as well as the one in Southfield. Our church in Athens is six months old now, praise God. And so the Greeks in, in, in Greece are helping me with my Greek, amen. And uh, this word, of course, worketh, inerg, oh, here, means, praise the Lord, operation. It means efficiency, praise God. And in fact, is where we derive the word energy from. So what he said was, God is able to do, of course, Hoopabello, exceedingly, far past the usual mark, abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power. And the word power, there's the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is miracle-working power, miraculous power that is operative, active, efficient, praise the Lord, glory to God, full of energy, that is in us. And so there is in us a power. There is in us a energy. There is in us an efficiency, praise the Lord. And so we're ministering today on the subject of working the power. Amen. Working the power. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back and let's begin reading here in Ephesians chapter 3. You know, it's kind of quiet in this place a little bit. Too quiet for me. Y'all know I don't like choir churches. So give me three hallelujahs right off the top, please. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. I got the Greeks doing it. Give me pray three praise the Lord. And one more time, give me three. God is good. And how often is God good? All the time. Praise God. So that verse 20 is, is a result of Paul's 
prayer, praise God, that he says here in verse 14. Now, before I get started reading about that prayer in chapter 1 of Ephesians, and by the way, the church at Ephesus is a tongue-talking, spirit-filled church. In Acts 19, praise the Lord, Paul, passing through Corinth, came, through, came down to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He asked them a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't heard about the Holy Ghost. He went on to explain to them. And then it says that Paul laid hands upon them and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with tongues and prophesied. Amen. It was 12 men. After that then, Paul then went into the synagogue there in Ephesus and for three months ministered. And then after that, he stayed for two and a half years and ministered, praise the Lord. In fact, it said there in Acts chapter 19, and all of that part of Asia then heard about the Word of God and kingdom of God. And so the, the church at Ephesus is a tongue-talking, spirit-filled, gifts of the Spirit, miracle-working, believing church, just like faith in Smyrna. Amen. Okay. Okay, amen. So when we read these words then, understand that we're not just talking about the church at Ephesus, we're talking about the church at Smyrna. Amen. In chapter 1, he tells them that God has declared them as being holy. God has declared you as being holy. You were chosen by him and without blame by him in love. Praise the Lord. He has accepted us in his, in his beloved. He has redeemed us through his blood, he says over there. Then he says in chapter 1, praise God, he sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise and gave us the down payment of our inheritance, which is the Holy Ghost himself. In chapter 2, he tells us he raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, saved us by grace, hallelujah, caused us to be close to him, and has given us access unto the Father and made us fellow citizens unto God. Then in chapter 3, praise the Lord, Paul talks about the fact that God had given grace to him, to be the apostles to the Gentiles. It was not Paul's will to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul was raised at the feet of Gamaliel to be a chief priest. Paul was trained to minister to Jews, praise the Lord. And yet God said, I'm not sending you where you train to go or where I want you to go, where you want to go. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. There was no glory in ministering to the Gentiles. There was no honor in ministering to the Gentiles. There was nothing that would be appealing to Paul to minister to the Gentiles. In fact, Paul said in Romans 10, 1, he said, my, my heart's desire is that Israel be saved. But God sent him to the Gentiles. God's not asking you, what do you want to do? I'm going to say that again. He's not asking you what do you want to do or whether or not you're going to get something from it. He wants you to do it because he says, I want you to obey me because I love you and you love me. Amen. Amen. I'm getting a little bit of amen there. Y'all going to make me beg for amens this morning? <laughs> so finally then he gets over to this, this church, this spirit-filled, tongue-talking, word-talk church, chapter 3, verse 14. Here's his prayer for the church. Verse 14 of chapter 3. For this reason then, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to do what? Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Let me stop here for a moment. 
You know, people know about the Old Testament names of God. You know, they, they know about Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Nisi and El Shaddai, but there are New Testament names of God too of God the Father. Amen. You don't hear a lot of teaching on the New Testament names of God the Father, but there are six New Testament names. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he's called the God of grace. Romans 15, 5, he's called the God of patience. In Acts chapter 3, verse 13, he's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which means he's what? A covenant-keeping God. Romans 15, 13, he's called the God of hope. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, he's called the God of peace. And you heard Pastor Carrick talk, talk about it in 1 John 4, 16. He's called the God of love. Now, he says here, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That means we are named by his name. So guess what you are? You, praise the Lord, instead of calling yourself something else, you are grace. Amen. Hallelujah. You are favored. Praise the Lord. Stop saying you don't have any patience. You are called patience. Stop saying, I don't know if I can keep, keep this agreement. You are called covenant keeper. Amen. Stop saying, I just don't see any hope. You are called hope. That's your name. Amen. Say, well, I just have a fighting spirit. No, you are called peace. Hallelujah. And guess what? You are called love. That's who you are. You are named after your daddy. And he loves it when you talk like your daddy and act like your daddy and decide to receive the characteristics. In the Bible, names mean something. See, we, we name people because we think it's pretty, sounds good, it's cool, whatever it is. So we'll call them Hukamasha and Inamaniah or whatever. We call them, amen. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give them some kind of name because it sounds pretty. But back in Old Testament times, praise God, they, they call people names by faith. Amen. Those names meant their specific characteristics. And God has named you these things. So from here on in, you call yourself patience and you call yourself love and you call yourself hope. Praise God. You call yourself a covenant keeper. You call yourself these things, you'll have what you say. Amen. Partial amen. Praise the Lord. Let's keep on reading. I'm praying, since you've been named that, that he would give you according to the Plutos of his doxa. The word riches is in the Greek, plutos. That means full wealth, valuable wealth. Amen. Praise God. The word doxa is the word glory. And when you talk about glory, the word glory means that which is a praise, praiseworthy, honorable honor. Praise the Lord. So he said, I'm praying, those of you, that he would give you that wealth, fullness of wealth, his wealth and his honor and his praise. I'm praying that you be strengthened. Praise God. Hallelujah. That word strengthen there, praise the Lord, means to be empowered. I'm praying you be empowered with dunamis. Empowered with supernatural ability. Empowered with supernatural might. Notice how you get it. By his spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, I'm praying these things happen or, or you be empowered with these things in you. It reads there, in the inward man. So, praise God. If Paul's prayer is answered, then he's saying there is supernatural Holy Ghost ability on the inside of you. He's saying he's, 
inside you is that which brings God praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. And that there is an empowerment on the inside of you. Say, I am empowered by the Holy Ghost. We are too God outside minded. I can remember growing up as a kid, we used to always talk, sing these songs, look up and touch the Lord, tear the church up with the you know, young adult choir I was in back in them days. Look up and touch the Lord, help us on the way. You know, we always looking, looking, help us coming. Amen. Oh, we're really going back to my, my father's generation. You know, come by here, Lord, come by here. Always on the outside, but God is not up, up there and he's not going by, he's on the inside. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When we become more God inside minded, it's going to do something for us. Are you listening to me? In fact, praise God, heaven anyway is not up. We, we live, praise God, in a parallel realm. If you had an operation of gifts of the spirit, you'd find out that this realm is just parallel with the spirit realm. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Well, anyway, he goes on to say, amen. That the anointed one, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ refers to what he is. What is he? He's anointed. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost. Well, if he's anointed, he's the anointed one, he has an anointing. Well, he's talking about the spirit in you, so that the anointing, that the anointing may reside in your hearts by pistis. That's the word faith. Circle that word faith. Underline that word faith. Whatever you do, praise God. Faith, praise God, or pistis means trust, confidence, reliance, assurance, to be persuaded, all of that. Amen. That you be strengthened or empowered with supernatural ability that the anointing may reside in you by your trust by your being persuaded, by your confidence, that ye being rooted, the word rooted means stable, and grounded, which means settled in agape, in God's kind of love. Now draw a circle around that word love. So there's two things that he mentioned. Remember verse, tw verse 20 is going to talk about working the power. But there are two ingredients in order for the power to be worked, and they're right here in this verse. Those two things are faith and love. Love and faith is what makes the power become active. It's what makes it become efficient. It's what causes it to be energized. In other words, the power, although it's in you, can remain dormant and never be activated. And it's a shame to have something like that to your availability and not use it. Oh, I'll amen to that. Now, he says that if, if you have faith and you are rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend. Catalambeno. The word comprehend here means that, first of all, you'll be able to seize. You'll be able to grab. You'll be able to get a hold of what all the other saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height. How wide, how high, 
How long? How deep is what? The anointing. Praise God. The anointing of God that's on the inside of you. How wide it is. How deep it is. How high it is. How far it will go. Thank you, Jesus. And that you, that you know the love of the anointed one. Now, this word know, of course, most times when we see the word know, we think about the word understand. And understand is one of the definitions when you look it up to this word know. But I found another definition in here about this word know here. And it's the, it's the word here, praise God, can speak. So he says, that you may be able to seize with all the other saints about the breadth and the length and the depth and height of the anointing, and that you can speak the love of the anointed one with passive human knowledge, that you might be filled. Glory to God. Play Roma or play Roma. Oh, the word filled means to have your net crammed full so there's no more room that you be filled with all the pleroma, the fullness or the completion of God. Do you realize what he just said? No, you don't. You looking at me in that kind of blank look like, huh? Do a wazy. To be totally full up from stem to stern with all God's completion inside you? Praise God. Well, let's see. Since you were singing a song earlier today about God can do anything, lyrics of these songs were saying today, I've noticed no, noticing the songs and the words, so I'm always listening to the words. Amen. Thank God for how they, you know, the style come on. That's nice, but I'm listening to the substance of them. Praise God. And you were talking about God and what God can do and God is able to do and all of that. Praise the Lord. Well, he's able to do it through the power that is already in you. And there's nothing he can't do through the power that's already inside you. You waiting on super spirit to come to town, super apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, super famous person, praise God, and you don't understand the power that that person has is on the inside of you. I'm going to try one more time. Praise God. You keep waiting on something else to happen, praise the Lord. On the inside of you, there is a power that can be seized, that can be grabbed hold of, that, praise the Lord, if you understand how it works inside you, you don't have to see or wait on anybody. The power is already on inside you. You can lay hands on yourself and watch yourself recover. Well, hallelujah. But you got to know how to work the power. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Paul says, after all that, unto him that is able to do far beyond the usual mark, abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the supernatural ability that is active, that is efficient, that is energizing within us. 
unto him be glory and honor and praise. Now, I remember who he's writing to. Now, there's two things he talked about there that releases this power. Faith, praise God. The other one was love. So, let's get started. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Amen. That was my good morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, faith then, Romans 10, 17, we all know this. Praise God. Paul talks about in verse 8 that the, what he preaches is the word of faith. Praise God, which we preach. Then he goes on and talk about the individual who makes Jesus Lord of, Lord of their lives through the word of faith. How shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent? Then finally he says, so then after all that, pistis, faith, per, being persuaded, trust, confidence, reliance, assurance, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Teaching on the subject of faith has been made so complex by people. Six different ways and six different methods and all that. Praise God, I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying sometimes people can't follow all that. Faith is just simply belief. And it comes because you, you heard something. Look, there are things you believe today, and the reason why you believe it is because you've heard it all your life. There are certain things you believe right now because you heard it on television every day. The news media said this, this, and this, and this, and you come to a place where you begin to say what you heard them say repeatedly every day, and you come to a place where you hold views and believe things based upon their words. Faith is nothing but having received information. See, not only does, does trust and confidence come by hearing, praise God, amen. Faith and the word are the same thing. Faith, the word brings faith. Faith is the result of the word, amen. So he said, Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, not having heard one time, but constantly hearing it again and again and again and again. They know that in school. That's why when you was in first grade, they, they, they told you that this works this way. And in second grade, they told you it works this way. And in third grade, and the fourth grade, and the fifth grade, and they kept telling you the same thing again and again and again and again and again, and they just kept on adding to it and coming to the place where you say something, you believe that's it. Except what we found out about school is that many of the theories and hypotheses that I grew up with, they no longer believe. They have changed them. Hello, somebody. But how many of you know, praise God, the word of God is unchangeable? Well, so, so simply put, praise God, faith comes by hearing, or we'll say it another way, faith comes by information. What information? About God. The Bible's about God. So the more you learn about how much God loves you, the more you learn about what he's promised you, the more you learn about his character, the more you hear about what he did for others, the more you hear about it, the more you believe in him. I mean, how many of you love God? Why, well, you never met him. You never had a conversation with him. You never seen him. But why do you love him? You say you love him. Why do you love him? Because of what you heard again and again and again. It's no accident that 70% of people who are born again, they first heard the word about God from their parents. Yeah. 
70% of the people who are born again. Amen. That's where they heard it from. They heard it again and again and again and again and again. Faith comes by hearing. Something else also comes by hearing. Hope. The more you hear about God, amen, the more hope you have. When you hear that he's a, de a deliverer over and over again, if you face a situation where it looks like there is no hope, hope comes because you hear it. Praise the Lord. You hear it again and again and again, and it raises your expectations. Now, turn to Romans chapter 12, since we're in Romans. Praise God. Work in the power. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 te tells us, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the mitron of faith. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. All of us start out with the same measure of faith. The word mitron means limited measure. Amen. Everybody starts out at the same level. Now, I know you read the Bible and you see some people have big faith, praise God, great faith, amen, little faith, Jesus said about Peter one time, praise the Lord. Those are levels, but they all started out the same. You have faith, amen. It's not an issue, you don't have it. You have faith. Lord, I'm praying for faith. You already got it. You can stop praying for it, Amen. He dealt it to you. You have it. Praise God. Now, you can strengthen it. You can cause it to grow exceedingly. It can get larger. It can get stronger. But, but you have faith. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. How does it grow? Well, Joshua 1.8 tells us how does it grow, for example. In fact, turn over there. I won't quote it, even though I know you know it. It's good to look at it again anyway. Thank you for the two amens in the front. And those were very soft. Amen. I told you many times you want a preacher to preach good, you got to help them. Okay, amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, now, now Joshua's in a situation where Joshua ain't sure about his assignment. I mean, he's been Moses' assistant pastor for all of, uh, all of his adult life. Then Moses dies without going to the promised land at 120 years of age. Joshua is 80 years of age when he takes over. God tells Joshua two things right at the top. He said, be strong and very courageous. Then he tells him again, be strong and very courageous before he says anything else to him. Why do you have to tell this man be strong and very courageous? Because this man is scared spitless. He is scared. What you mean take over these three million people? I mean, think about it. How would you like to take over a congregation whereby the leader of the congregation was, was somebody who split the Red Sea. God followed him around as a pillar of fire. <laughs> Manna falls from heaven. Come on, somebody. Every morning, sitting there with a fresh, I mean, he strikes, he strikes a rock, man, and water, water comes out and quenches the thirst of three men. How'd you like to follow that dude? <laughs> and what about if you're the three million people? So Moses dies, okay, and you're the next generation standing there, and you say, now, we grew up with Moses, what you going to do? <laughs> I see why Joshua is like. So first thing God says to him repeatedly, be strong enough, good courage. And then God tells him this in verse 8. He said, this book of the law, everybody say the word of God. Shall not depart out of your mouth. What he means? 
You must all the time speak it. But you shall meditate therein day and night. Mouth, meditate. That's because the word meditate means to speak. Amen. Means to mutter it, say it all the time. Day and night, day and night. He's got a massive assignment. That's why God said day and night, because to do this assignment, you're going to need faith, boy. And that comes from my word, book of the law. So all the time when you get up, you got to be muttering the word. As you walk, walk that day, you got to mutter the word. Praise God. When you talk to your generals, you got to muddle the word. Everywhere you go, you got to say the word. You got to say it all the time. For who? Not for God's benefit, for yours. Yes. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So that once you've done this, you're now, you put yourself in a position where you can cause it to come to pass or the power to work. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. Anybody here want good success? Yeah. Well, we already send a motto, praise God. In order to do it, I don't care how big the mountain is, it's big enough if you, if you speak it enough. Oh, you missed that. I said, regardless of how big the mountain is, if you speak it enough, praise God, you will develop enough faith for it. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Repeated hearing was very important. God told him to do that, praise the Lord. Now, faith is also, however, it must be implemented with patience. Turn to Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Praise God. Can I get three hallelujahs? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you won't say it on your own, then I got to make you say it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, notice, praise God, verse, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, by the way, God has made promises to you too. Amen. When God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, God said, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What promise was that? Isaac! An heir! Praise God. I mean, it was almost 24 years before it manifested. So he had to be patient for almost a quarter century. Now, patience is a dirty cuss word to Christians. <laughs> we live in the instant generation, man. You got instant biscuits and instant worldwide news and instant everything, instant push buttons. So we don't want anything to do with something called time. But like it or not, time is still part of life, amen. Glory to God, I got four grandchildren, about to have a fifth one in, in uh, November. Christina's about to have a boy. The boys are catching up to the girls. <laughs> got three girls and two boys now, and I'm telling you, I'm going to get more. The boys are going to catch the girls in the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, my, my youngest, my grandson, Drew, praise the Lord, he's 20 months. Amen. And he loves. He loves his papa. <laughs> he just loves, isn't it true? He loves papa. Papa is, papa can do no wrong to him. He sees papa, he runs down the aisle. Papa leaps in papa's arms, amen. But he's only 20 months, so now he's big for his age. They say, uh, the doctor says he's in the 97th percentile for height and 80th percentile for weight, so he's a big boy. But he's still only about this tall. 
So now we believe because of where he is, and his father's 6'4", and I'm 6'2", so we believe that he's probably going to be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 but we're going to have to wait <laughs> patiently for that to happen. Some things you cannot rush. Instantly, you can't press the button. Here he is, 6'7", playing for the NBA somewhere. I mean, time, time is required. Amen? Now, the bigger the problem, sometimes the more patience. Now, the word patience means cheerful endurance. It doesn't mean just endurance. It doesn't mean just, I'm taking it. No, it means, is that all you got? cheerful endurance. Why can we be cheerful? Because we know the outcome. Remember, my, Muhammad Ali used to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee? Yeah, amen? And if you hit him, he'd go, <laughs> he'd laugh at you. Why? Because he knew before this fight was over, you're going to be on the canvas. When you know you have the victory, because you know there is a power on the inside that's about to be released on this problem. You can patiently endure. You say, Bishop, how long do I have to last? One day longer than the devil. Because he's a quitter. He will quit. Oh, hallelujah. Abraham had to wait 24 years, and I'm going to tell you why he had to wait 24 years, because of his own mess-ups. It wasn't that God made him wait 24 years. God was ready from the start. The man has some growing to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you got some growing to do. Some things require your growing up to a certain level before you can have certain things happen. Okay, amen? amen? And see, you may, have, you may be having to wait because you grow up and become two years old in the spirit. Spiritual things are different than natural things. Drew is 20 months, Amen. Praise God, another year, he'll be a year and 20, or whatever, you know, praise God, almost whatever it comes out to. He'll be that, you know, and that be what he is. But in spiritual things, you can slide on a scale. Just because you've been in the church for 20 years and you grew up in the church and you became a spiritual adult today, next year you can be all the way back to nothing. Paul said that the church at Corinth, the church at Corinth was a church that had all of the manifestations of the gifts of the spirit. They had grown up. And then they got strife in the church, and Paul said, you now have become like mere unchanged men. He said, I can't even feed you food anymore. I can only feed you milk because your spiritual level has gone back to be that of a baby. So just because you've been around a long time does not mean that you are at the point you ought to be. Amen. Good preaching. Woo! Glory to Yes, head bishop. Amen. They don't just assume because you've been around that you are at the level you're supposed to be. You may have slid all the way back to babyhood. So, so that man has some growing to do, man. And he wound up, you know, all kind of stuff, Abraham. But, but finally, Abraham did get together. And when he did, praise God, he found out that God was still there, the promise was still good, and, when, and praise God, when the force of faith got released, Isaac was born, and then it went on from that. That man became the father of faith, praise the Lord, lived to be 175 years of age, married another woman named Keturah, 
at 135 had six more boys. It wasn't even any Viagra or Cialis around either, man. I mean, it was all buffet. Go ready to God. Come on, somebody. And that can be you depending on what you do with the power that's on the inside of you. Shout amen, somebody. So, oh, praise God. Faith comes by repeated hearing. Faith, praise God, is also implemented with patience. Since I was just speaking about Abraham for a minute, turn to Romans chapter 4. Amen. Just let me fly by him for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Working the power. There is a power now inside if you are filled with the Spirit. You're You've got the Holy Ghost inside you. There's a power inside you. Romans 4, 17, talk about that man, Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. That's what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. I have, past tense, made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed even God, that's Abraham. He believed God. God makes alive the word quicken the dead. God makes dead marriages alive, makes dead bodies alive. Dead circumstances alive. Stuff people said is over and done with, but God is not bound by clocks or calendars. He can roll back. He did. He rolled back the sun even, man. He did that. There is nothing too hard for God. He quickened up the dead, and Abraham called up those things would be not as though they were, just like God did. God said, you are now, Father, many nations, and the man just getting started. Amen? Praise the Lord. But Abraham became like God, and God is so smart. That's why God changed the man's name from Abram or Abram to Abraham. Praise God. Changed his name to Father Great Multitude so that he would repeatedly hear himself say, I am the Father of Multitude. I am. His name mattered. Your name is patience. Don't say I don't have it. Your name is grace of God. You got power. That's your name. You're named after the Father. Your name is love. Glory to God. Your name is peace of God. Hallelujah. My name is that I am a covenant-keeping man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 19 says, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Faith doesn't consider the circumstance. Faith considers the word. He considered not his body. He didn't spend all his time looking and meditating upon her body being old. He considered not his own body now dead. So what was he considering? What he was saying. She, her name was changed too. She's the mother of great multitude and I'm the father of great multitude. So they decided to not consider what they're dealing with. Stop considering just the checkbook. Stop considering just the doctor's report. Stop considering just what the people are saying to you. Start considering all the time the word you're saying out your mouth all the time, which is, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Praise God. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sickness. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory and not according to the economy in the earth. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers me out of them all. Hallelujah. Start considering that, saying that, praise God. Your words matter. I said your words matter. Praise God. Glory to God. He staggered not at that promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, in verse 20, giving 
doxa to God, giving glory and honor and praise. He's rejoicing that it is done before it happened. That's what you got to do. Anybody can shout after it happened. Faith shouts before you see it. But how long I got to shout? Got to shout one day longer than the devil. I mean, consider the woman with the issue of blood. You're familiar with her. Mark 5, 25. Uh, amen. She lost all that she had with nothing better, but rather grew worse, became totally poor. When she heard of Jesus, the word says she came, in a, in a, came from behind and touched his garment, for she said. The Greek says here, the woman said repeatedly. Now, she did it based on what she heard all her life in the synagogue. In the synagogue, in Malachi chapter 4, it said that when the Messiah comes, there will be healing in the border of his prayer shawl. Wings, praise God. Kanaf, border, edge, praise the Lord. Prayer shawl. She heard the, that guy is the Messiah. And she'd been hearing all her life there's healing in the border of the Messiah. Amen. So she said it. She drug her weak and emaciated body out of the house and she, she started heading to where he was, and she's saying the whole time, as soon as I touch his prayer shawl, I'll be whole. As soon as I touch the bottom of that prayer shawl, I'm going to be whole. As soon as I touch the bottom of his garment, his skirt, I'm going to be whole. She said it and 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 said it. You know what happened when she saw him? The word says she snuck up behind him because she was trying to do it and didn't get away without being seen. Because Jehovah, uh, I mean, uh, J. Iris is standing there, ruling the synagogue. She's unclean. She ain't supposed to be there. She sneaks up behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And the word said, immediately, power flow. Power. That word is dunamis. The same thing inside you now. Power flowed out of him and the her. And she was immediately healed. And it stopped Jesus. Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Everybody got their hands on you. Everybody, I mean, he said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me and power came out. That's different. Lots of people can be around in church, but it doesn't mean there's power. Are you listening to me? You can have the form of godliness and not the power that goes with it. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Jesus turned around and said, and the scripture said, the woman fearing and trembling fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said in verse 34, Mark 5, 34, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. He didn't say your faith has healed you because her problems wasn't just that she was sick. Mark 5 also says she lost all her money. He said, made you whole. That means in that power brings all your money back as well as heals your body. Don't settle for anything less. Whatever the devil has nicked you with, he's nicked you over here, nicked you over there. Don't just take the one that's the biggest problem at the moment. Everything that came because of that, praise God, belongs to the devil and doesn't belong to you. What belongs to you is health and healing and prosperity. Hallelujah, glory to God. Preach the word. Woo, glory to God. Good preaching. Amen. Glory. I don't preach myself happy already. Glory to God. 
Saul, meditation of the word, repeating, hearing, repeatedly hearing the word, operating with patience with the word. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Praise God. Remember what he told us in Ephesians chapter 3. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever we ask. Now, I don't know about you, I can ask a lot. And whatever you can think, I don't know about you, but I can think big too. Amen. God is capable, he is able, but it's according to the power activated in us. And he said the two things were faith and love. Tells us about the next thing. Faith only works when paired with love. No love, no faith. Galatians chapter 5, praise God. Let's read here with verse 6. Mm. Glory to God. For in Jesus the anointed one, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. Those were religious practices. There was a, there was a time for that. Amen. That time is no longer here. But, praise God, what does avail? Faith with worketh by love. There's that word, inner echo. Praise God. Faith is made active. Faith is made efficient. Faith is energized by love. Not just any love, God kind of love. What kind of love is that? Well, I can show you a few places about that. Amen. Praise God. Indeed, let's look at a few of them. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Amen. No love, no working faith. Amen. No love, no working faith. Indeed, the basis then of everything you are believing for, the first basis of it should be love. I always get lots of shouting on that point. <laughs> if I'm teaching a lesson on 10 ways to get lots of money, people be shouting. <laughs> I'm talking about 10 ways to walk in love. Notice Romans chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being declared righteous by faith, we have irene, praise God. That's that word, peace, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Irene is quietness and prosperity. By whom we have entrance by faith into the gift of grace, wherein we stand and we boast in expectation of the praise and honor of God. Not only so, but we brag in tribulations, tests and trials. We boast and brag in those because we know that tribulation worketh uh, patient endurance. Praise God. Cheerful endurance. And patience and proof, that's experience. And proof means hope brings hope. And hope causes us not to be ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad. Now, the word shed abroad, praise God, 
means it's poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So what he said was that if you have the Holy Ghost inside you, you have the capability to walk in love with anybody and any situation. I don't care what they do. You can walk in love with them. Of course, if you say you can't, you won't. I just can't. I just can't be there with them no more. I can't. I just can't. You lied. You can. It ain't can't. It's won't. Look at your neighbor and say, is it can't or is it won't? So we see love of God's placed in us at the new birth. Praise God. Now, part of the song that I heard today, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I listened to how the Holy Ghost laid this service out. If you listen, the Holy Spirit lays the service out. He laid it out. The, the head of the music department was right on it today. And Pastor Kerry was right on it today. He don't even know. He didn't know what I was speaking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but all was right on it, exactly what I'm speaking about right here. Remember what it says here in 1 Corinthians 13, 8? Love never fails. Never. Never means not at any time. Love always works. In the end, it always works. I said it always works. Praise God. Love always works. But guess what? Since love never fails, how does love grow? By constant hearing. You keep saying, I can't love, then you won't. You start saying, I can't love, you activate the love that's on the inside of you. And that activation of that love will become efficient, praise the Lord. And that activation of that love will become energizing and it, it will produce miracles. You know the story here, many of you go back with me years and years ago. You know the story here, our very first building, not here in Georgia, the very first one of the headquarters church. Our very first building, we had a church split. What happened with that? My assistant pastor split the church. My very first assignment, I'm 24 years of age. We had signed up for our first building. We had to close by the end of so, so many months. We had to raise $80,000. I had a little tiny little storefront church. $80,000 in 1980 was all the tea in China <laughs> for a little storefront church. The church got split months before. I am on the hook for it. And not only that, praise God, the church will fail because at the end of the day, the, the end result was even the little lease we had was out on the day we were supposed to close. What did the Lord tell me to do? He said, I want you to raise an offering for him and take it over to him. I want you to hug his neck and tell him you love him. Now, I was 24 years of age, you know. <laughs> and it popped out in my mouth before I even thought about it. I said, Lord, you've gone too far. Oh, man. I wasn't thinking about loving. I was thinking about loving, all right. I wasn't thinking about loving, not the love of God. That ain't not what I was thinking. He said, go do that. That didn't make no sense to my head at all. Amen. Us men, we don't like to appear weak at all. Come on, brothers. Y'all sound weak, though, brothers. Y'all sound like I could whoop y'all. Come on now. I said, we don't like to sound weak, brothers. Amen. Amen. We, don't like, we don't want nobody to perceive that we are weak. 
One of the things they say about the problem with getting older is that men don't see you as being this dangerous. Right? Well, the Lord said, raise arm for him, take it on, hug his neck and tell him you love him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It took me a couple days to reconcile that word. Don't look at me that tone of voice. Some of y'all still reconciling. The Lord told you 10 years ago, and you're still trying to reconcile that word. Took me a few days to reconcile that, so I, but I did it. Would you know that little church gave the largest offering head at that little time? Really? So I get it done in check form. I go over there. Amen. I walked in the, walked into their room, saw him on the other side. And my fist involuntarily balled up. <laughs> See, you're talking about ending my career before I even got off the ground. You understand what I'm saying? And I, and I heard the Holy Ghost in here. He said, go do what I said. So I went on across the room. So now, and see, this guy was my, was my, one of my best, very best friends. <laughs> Since teenagers, right? He knows me, he knows I'm a giver. I, I, I took out an envelope, envelope with a check in it, and I went to hand it to him. Now he knows me, so I, I, I know he knew what that envelope was. He knew what the envelope was. So I, I'm thinking in my head, this is for somebody. I'm thinking in my head, well, he's going to take the envelope. He's going to go, you know, I shouldn't have done it like that. Man, you know, I'm da, 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 da. something right. He's going to say something right. I hand him that envelope. He took it and put it. <laughs> and then stood there and looked at me. And my brain went, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't just take that money and didn't even say, and then the Holy Ghost said, finish what I told you to do. Swallow my pride. So I raced up and put my arm around his neck and I resisted the urge to mm. And I said, I love you, brother. I did not feel holy. I did not feel the anointing. I did not feel any special God, anything. It was all by faith. I'm sure it didn't even sound like I love you, brother. And I left. Several weeks later, though, the day of closing. That morning, I'm in the little storefront church, the 15121 Eight Mile Road in Detroit. Little tiny little storefront, it's a flower shop now, I think. Amen. We don't have no carpet. We had no padded seats. We had them steel chairs. And no air conditioning. We had funeral fans. Y'all remember them? Well, my generation remembers them. <laughs> we had them funeral fans. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling on the floor. I'm, I'm shouting. I'm dancing. I'm doing everything I ever heard taught. And I'm trying to think, oh, man, I got to have $30,000 by the end of the day before I go in there. I'm 30000 short. 30000 short. 30000 in 1980 would be how much today? Get it? So I'm doing that on the floor. I'm trying to walk in the love of God. I'm trying to do all that. And the phone rang. 
Amen. As a man stopped by, phone booth. For you young ones, there used to be telephones and booths. <laughs> On the corner, you can put a dime in it, you know, and you can make a phone call. <laughs> this man went to the phone booth, and he called the church. He called me. He said, I'm so-and-so. Now, I, had, I only got like 60 people. And when you got 60 people, you're a pastor worth his salt. You got 60 people. You know everybody. 60. Right? You know everybody. I know everybody. So when the visitor comes to church, I know the visitor. This guy tells me who he is. He said, you know, I'm, he's visited church maybe twice, right? Visited the church. He said, I got to come by and see you. I'm thinking, I ain't got no time for no counseling session right now. <laughs> I got to close at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I'm $30,000 short. I got to do something. Come on. And Satan's telling me, you know, you, 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 you failed. You know, you're preaching this faith. This don't happen. Blah, 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 blah. He just bombarded my head. Satan never talked to anybody. Boy, he's talking to me, man. I'm fighting it off. I'm praising God. But I said, come on, you know, and I just kept on. Ten minutes later, the guy shows up, walks in. He's carrying a big black book about this big. Comes and lays it upon my card table. That was my desk was a card table. <laughs> it was. <laughs> he laid it upon the card table, praise God. And he opened it up, and it was a checkbook. And he said, I am the senior partner, told me the name of his law firm, I'm the senior partner of XYZ Law Firm, Christian Law Firm, all Christians. He said, and the Lord told me to come down here and to take a check and fill out whatever amount you said. Well, I thought, I'm thinking, yeah, you thinking I'm gonna say 3,000, not 30,000, right? I said, brother, I need $30,000. Remember, this is 1980. I said, I need $30,000. He didn't even flinch. I took that, you know, because you can't do a closing with, with, with that. You know, so I went, to, I went got all the legal stuff done real fast. And that afternoon, me and the church treasurer, he's not going on to be with Jesus, praise God. But me and the church treasurer walked into the church. Now, that organization didn't believe this little storefront church that went through this drama was going to be able to meet the obligation. And so they had made a deal with another church that when I said we didn't have the money, they had already made a deal and, and was accepting the offer of another church and we were going to lose it. And of course, we would also have been out on the street because the deal at our little lease place was up. So when I walked in, they didn't even ask me. They, I mean, they, they didn't even say, hello, how you doing? When I walked in, the first thing they said to me was, do you have the money? And I said, of course, my God meets all of our needs. And one of the board members of the church talked to another board member, Claude Tabor said, it's amazing how the little church came up with all that money. And you would have been, you would have been pleased how cool I was. I, I acted like I buy churches every day. Was so cool, took the little pictures and, and, and all of that. Amen. Just so cool, me and him. And then we was upstairs, you know. So then we walked out to the parking lot. This is cool. Nobody out there. Glory to God. Went absolutely nuts. And the Lord said to me, if you had not obeyed me back then, I could not have done this now. Walking in love energize the power 
to bring about the miraculous miracle of God. And that love and that power is on the inside of you right now if you act on it. Shout amen, somebody. So love is on the inside of you when you were born again. It grows by constantly hearing the word. Love is implemented by action. That means I'm supposed to quit. <laughs> love is implemented by action. By action and a decision. I decide to forgive, Mark 11, 25. Everybody preaches about faith in Mark 11, 23, 24, but Mark 25 says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. Praise God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm coming down the home stretch because my clock says so. Anybody getting anything out of this? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, love never fails. And of course, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, love is kind. Love is not envious, doesn't boil over with jealousy. Praise God, all those things. Read 1 Corinthians 13 later on today. But I want to show you one thing he said here out of Ephesians chapter 4 about love. Very next chapter, because see, he's still talking. This is a letter, so he's still talking about this same issue. Okay, He says in chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk appropriately, in the calling whereof you have been invited. Do it with all humbleness and gentleness, with patience, forbearing one another in love. The word forbearing means put up with. Look it up in the Greek. The word forbearing is put up with one another. Now, let me tell you something. If you came and lived in my house for 90 days, you'd have to put up with some things with me. And if I lived in your house for 90 days, I'm sure I would have to put up with some things with you. In other words, there is none of us that don't have some idiosyncratic ways, which is a highfalutin, college-educated way to saying, I messed up ways. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you got some funny ways. We all got some funny ways. And what love does, the scripture says elsewhere, because I'm out of time, so I won't have you turn to it, but look it up. It says love covers a multitude of faults. Because our funny ways are faults. And love covers a multitude of faults. And you can't criticize people about their faults because you got some. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about you got faults. Amen. If I examine you long enough, probably won't take long at all. I'll find yours. And I know it won't take you long to find mine. We all got faults, but love covers it. Love puts up with it. You put up with people and God puts up with us. Hallelujah. He puts up with our stuff every day. And he said, so you put up with your brother's stuff. Glory to God. That's a decision. It's a lifestyle. Faith only works with it. Faith works by love. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And in fact, since we're still here in the same chapter, he ends this chapter, look at verse 32. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, not hard-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's position hath forgiven you. The word sake there is the Greek word in. It refers here to position, the anointing's position. Praise God. You forgive so that the position of the greater one on the inside of you can be activated by faith. Thank you over there. I appreciate that. Glory. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. That's where I close. Turn to chapter 5 of Ephesians. Remember, this is all one continuous letter. So what we read in chapter 5 is based on what he said in chapter 3 all the way to chapter 1. See, people get confused about the Bible because they cherry pick. I like this verse, so they take the one verse, forget everything that was said in front of it, everything that's said behind it, cherry pick that one. Then there's ones they never pick because they don't like it. They never pick that one, praise God, where it says, do good to your enemy. They ain't never pick that one. They be turn the page. Okay, amen. Ephesians 5, 18. Oh, let's back up to verse 17. Oh, oh, we could go further back, but I don't have the time. Verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of God is. I just gave you what the will of God is. That's the will of God for you. The Lord sent this message for you today. Don't be looking down the road. That, I know that's for her. <laughs> no, this was sent for you. Amen. Verse 17, then verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, which is excessive, but be filled with the Spirit. Wait a minute. Didn't you tell me this church was already Spirit-filled, talking in tongues of the Holy Ghost? Yes. There's one baptism of the Spirit and many refillings. And he already told you there in 320, and 319, he told you about being full with the Spirit. Note what he says. Amen. He likens being filled, play roho, crammed, full, influenced, praise God, be filled with the Spirit, with being filled with natural wine. We've all seen how a drunk man acts. To a drunk man, everything's funny. <laughs> right? But you know, <laughs> drunk man, funny man, he's stacking all over the place. Praise God. When a guy is drunk, he don't care what's going on at the moment. He's inebriated. Similarly, when you fill with the Spirit, praise God, regardless of what's going on, you can laugh at it. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. And he tells you here, in particular, there are four things that comprise or helps a person stay filled up with the Spirit. Many people, praise God, in terms of activation, are only half full or less. What are the four things? Those four things are speaking, singing, thanking, and submitting. Speaking. Singing, thanking, and submitting. Know what he said? 
Be filled with the Spirit. There's not a period at the end of the word spirit. Speaking. Everything still comes down to that. Words out your mouth. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. It actually means the book of psalms. Amen. You got to be like David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I'm not fearing no evil. God's with me. My, his rod and staff comfort me. He prepares a table before me, in the front of me, and right in the face of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil, the Holy Ghost, till my cup runs over. And surely, let me tell you, goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life because I dwell in God's house forever. He said, put the psalm in your mouth. Amen. Say a psalm every day. Turn to one of them. Say a psalm every day. He said, with psalms and hymns, praise God, hallelujah, and some of the old hymns are the best. Everything old is not bad. Young people. Just because I'm 60-something, I'm telling you, there's still some good stuff I got from you. Some of the stuff we came up with, some of them hymns were great. Some of them were trash, but some of them were great. <laughs> How great thy art is an old hymn, and it's still anointed. Hallelujah. <laughs> then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are songs the Lord gives you by the Spirit. They're not written, they're not, they're not written down by anywhere. But there are times, praise God, when you are filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. The, the song will come up in your heart. It don't matter whether you can carry a tune in a bucket or not. You'll get a spiritual song from the Holy Ghost. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always. That means be thankful all the time for all things. We're not giving thanks for what the devils did. We're giving thanks for what God will do because of what the devil did. We give thanks for everything, whatever happened. Don't you know this happened? Praise God. Well, don't you know that happened? Praise God. Don't you know that you're in this trouble? Praise God. Don't you know they said this about it? Praise God. God supplies, God heals, God delivers, regardless of what you are dealing with. Hallelujah. Be thankful all the time. Hallelujah for all things under God and the Father in the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another. Men know this verse about submit. I had a man come for counseling one time. Amen. Didn't even attend the church. His wife did. But, but he, he asked for the counseling session. Amen. So I gave him the counseling session. The man came and he sat down and he said, Preacher, don't, don't it say in the Bible. He thought he knew one verse of the Bible. <laughs> don't it say in your Bible that this woman's supposed to submit to me? And I said, I opened the Bible to that verse right there. And I said, Sir, so he knew the next verse, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to, to your own husbands unto the Lord. I said, sir, let's read verse 21. <laughs> Submitting yourselves. 
one to another. I said, sir, you also submit to her too. <laughs> he was through with the counseling session. Session's over. That sister is a child of God, and she's do some submitting. I have to submit to Pastor Deborah too, sometimes. <laughs> you see, when you walk in submitting, you walk in humility, you walk in love, and you walk like a lion with your faith. Energize the power that's in you. The Holy Ghost then comes alive in you. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above whatever you're thinking and whatever you're asking. You'll find out about God. He is more than enough. Stand up with me, please. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and give God praise for the word today. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for the word. Thank him for the word. Thank him for the word. Thank him for the word today. Hallelujah. Be grateful for the word today. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.